Have you ever asked yourself the question of why we're here and uh, why are we doing what we're doing, uh, whether you're in person or online? What's all of this about? You know, we gather together as a church and we experience these incredible things. And, you know, what, what, what are all of these things about? You know, a gentleman came up to Jesus and asked him this question. He said, Lord, uh, you know, what, how would you, what is the greatest commandment? And then Jesus looked at him and he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So he kind of summed it up. Okay, here's, the, here's how you sum everything up. Number one, you have to love God with everything in you. And then number two, you need to love your neighbor. And these are two very critically important things. And if you were to ask yourself the question even, why did God create the universe? Why did he create us as image bearers? Even before the fall, before sin entered the world, what was it all about? Well, a huge component, a huge part of our very existence, as Jesus sums it up, the greatest part is to learn what it means to love God. What we just did in worship and as we were singing and praising him, this was an expression of love. And, you know, one of the things that's also interesting about the scriptures is that there's a lot of different directions that we are given in the Bible that without the help of God himself, we cannot fulfill it. And it's kind of like a little bit of an interesting thing. So when you become a Christian, a Christian's a Christ follower, someone who follows Jesus, you do that by confessing that you're a sinner and believing that God, you know, sent his son Jesus to the earth and you accept his work on the cross to forgive your sins. When you do that, God himself comes to live inside of you by his Holy Spirit. But then there's, there's this amazing thing that Jesus did not just die on the cross just so we can have an eternity with him in heaven, which is a huge part of it. I used to grow up, they used to say, Jesus didn't just die for, because, to give you fire insurance, but he died for something even greater than that. And one of the things that he died for was so that he could be with us, so that we could be connected with him and walk with him throughout our life. And, if, and it's one of the most amazing things when we can get our hearts wrapped around this. What I've been praying for us today as a, as a church family, whether you're, you're, you're new or you've been here for a while, is that the Holy Spirit would open our hearts so that we can truly realize how much we need God. Because something happens in our Western culture where because we have shoes on our feet and clothes on our back and Probably 99% of us know where our meal is coming the next meal after we leave here. You know, by the way, I always say preachers should not talk about food in their sermon because <laughs> it's almost lunchtime, but we'll have you out of here shortly. We're all, if you think about it, even in our Western culture, we have a lot of the physical needs supplied for us, though we obviously have a lot of our, our, our fellow citizens who need our love and support, and that's part of our incarnate vision is to be Jesus among the broken. But one of the most difficult challenges of being a Christian is not necessarily walking through the valleys of life and the darkness of the soul, but it's actually walking through the successful times. Because when things are good and things are going well, it's one of those things that we could start, we, could, we can begin to lose our sense of our need for God. When things are great and going well and you know, you don't need someone to lay hands on you and pray. By the way, wasn't it wonderful we get to pray for each other? That's why we're here. Pray one for another. Encourage each other. One day it's one crisis, another. That's what we're here for is the body of Christ. But something can begin to happen to the heart where we lose our sense of our need for God. And it's one of the most bizarre things because it's like, well, 
how do we, how do we navigate this? I'll never forget the leader telling me as I was a young man on a mission trip in a, third, in a developing country, and he told me, he said, Matt, I'm praying for the youth of America. I said, why is that? He said, because for us here in this country, a lot of us really don't know where our food is going to come from tomorrow. We need God to feed us and clothe us and to give us shelter. He said, that keeps your faith fresh. But for you, you American teenagers, you American young people, you have everything that you need. There's a well-known story. You may have heard me share it. It's worth sharing again. A visiting pastor from China came and visited with a great man of God who was a revivalist. And they toured around America. And they went from church to church and had all of these different ministries, these times of ministry. And at the end of the trip, the American pastor turned to the Chinese pastor who was part of an underground church, and especially during that time still today, but back then they were killing Christians at an alarming pace. And he said, what is it that impressed you about the church in America? And he said, you know what most impressed me about the church in America is how much they can accomplish without God. And that's sobering. It's very sobering. But Because when, when we look at our own lives, we can kind of get through our day-to-day and our week-to-week and, you know, survive and not necessarily invite Jesus into those moments. I want to imagine that you went without, you and I, we went a whole day without eating. I don't feel like I do good going one meal without eating, okay? But imagine we went a whole day without eating. How do you feel? Maybe you've had to do a fast before for a blood test or you did it for spiritual reasons. Well, you start to feel a little weak. By day two, ah, <laughs> you're really feeling it. By like the third or fourth day, you're super weak when you haven't had physical food. You know, Jesus said that we're to take our daily bread from him. That part of this walk with Jesus is actually daily spiritual nourishment to our soul. So imagine we go a day or two without our spiritual food, or three days, or four days, or five days, or we go a whole week, maybe even weeks on end, without spiritually receiving our food and our nourishment from God. Well, that is part of the challenge because that's why we can become so weak. That's why we can become so weak internally. Part of the beautiful challenge of Christianity is Jesus has set it up so that we cannot truly be fruitful and effective Christians without his daily help. We need his daily help. I I love the storms of life, not because of the storm, but I love the storms of life because when you come on the other side of the storm, it's one of the most amazing opportunities for personal transformation. Because you come through the storm and you've been on your knees and like, God, I need you. I need your help. I need your strength. I'm not going to make it. And then we get through the storm and that moment is an incredible opportunity. Because I believe God allows us to go through storms and difficulties, not because he's trying to harm us, no, because he loves us. And that kind of intensity of spiritual intensity, he wants us to be able to continue to walk like that. In the Old Testament, the people of God were in a wilderness and there was millions of them in the wilderness and they didn't have any food. And God sent food, it was called manna from heaven. It's in the book of Exodus, you can go read it. He sent manna from heaven. It was a bread-like substance that it would come every single morning, six days of the week. And the, the nation of Israel, they would go out with baskets and they would collect the manna. And the Lord said, only do enough for one day. They do enough for one day. And they would have enough to feed them and their families. On the sixth day, they would collect enough for two days because he didn't want them to work on the Sabbath. Those who tried to hoard it, it's spoiled. And that is a spiritual principle 
that Jesus Christ wants us to learn that we need his daily bread. Can we all say daily bread? There's a verse here. He said, here, this is, I want to teach you how to pray. He said, you should pray, Lord, give us each day our daily bread. It was one of the ways he told us to pray in the Lord's prayer. We need the daily bread from God. And today, we're going to kind of chat briefly here about what does this look like to be connected with him throughout the day, constantly. And the title of the message is this, is called to be with him. Called to be with him. If you look at Mark Chapter 3, verse 13, it says this, Jesus went up a mount, on a mountainside and he called to, them, to, to him those that he wanted. By the way, do you know if you're here under the sound of my voice, Jesus wants you today? If you're here listening to this message, Jesus wants you. Out of the billions of people on the planet, many of them who have never heard the gospel, if you're here and you're listening to this message, Jesus wants you. He created you. He called you. He has a purpose for your life. And yes, God wants you. God loves you. He's drawing you near to himself. And so this is what Jesus has been doing since the beginning. He called the disciples to him. He called to them those he wanted, and they came to him. In verse 14, he appointed 12 that they might be with him, can we all say with him? And that he then might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. You know what's interesting? We all want and need the authority over the darkness. But there's a progression. The progression is before he sent them out to have authority over the darkness, he called them to be with him. This, is, this kind of goes back again to the contrast of love the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. First commandment, love God. Second commandment, love your neighbor. What did he do to the disciples? He said, hey, come and be with me, and then I'm going to give you authority over the darkness. You know, we, we believe firmly in praying for one another, having leaders praying for one another, but you want to know a sign that you're growing in God is when you don't need someone to lay a hand upon you, you can lay a hand upon your own heart and pray the darkness out of your own life. That's a sign of maturing in God. You know the church is strong when, when, when that's able to take place. And that doesn't happen by coincidence. It happens through a progression. He called them to be with him. And so that's the title of our, of our message today. And so what does this look like? What does it look like in 2021 to be with Jesus? Remember, when you give your heart to God, the greatest miracle happens. God, the creator of the universe, comes to literally live inside your life by his Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about a Christ in you, the hope of glory. We no longer have to go to a physical building to experience God, even though we do it together corporately, and that is important. But because of the blood of Jesus that has torn the veil, we now have access to God because God is within us. He's always with us. He said, listen, I'm never going to leave you, even to the end of the age. Sometimes we go through seasons where we definitely cannot feel God. You ever had a season where you can't feel God? Yeah, it happens. We have moments like that because it's not, we don't live by feelings, we live by faith. 
There's seasons when you feel the presence of God like we just did together. And you just, man, wow, what an awareness of God's presence. But sometimes when you're out there on Tuesday morning and you're driving in Sacramento traffic, you're not going to feel God out there, you know. Or you're arguing with your teenager. Or you get that notice at work. Or you get the phone call from the doctor and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a storm. We don't always have to feel God but we need to have the assurance that he's with us. Never leave us nor forsake us, amen? But not, not only is he with us, you know he can be with us, but we don't, we're not necessarily with him because he doesn't leave us, but our, sometimes we can go days without this connection. So what does this look like to be with him? Well, we're gonna look at a well-known story, just a couple of verses in Luke chapter 10, 38 with these women named Mary and Martha who, who love Jesus, they both love Jesus, and it says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. By the way, how do you know it's a good idea to open your home for Jesus? Amen. Let Jesus in your house. Say, this is God's house. Jesus, you are always welcome in my home. Amen. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So the first dimension of being with him is learning what it means to sit with Jesus. That's the first calling, is that we're called to sit with him. We're called to sit with him. You know, there's something amazing about sitting down. Because when you sit down, you kind of made a commitment for a moment. (laughs) You're like, okay, I'm not going to go anywhere for a minute. You ever had your spouse or your kid, you're like, sit down, I want to talk to you. Stop moving around, sit down, let's sit, let's talk. And that's what Mary did. There's a lot happening. Mary sat down and laser focused in on Jesus. And you know what? Even though it looks easy, it's actually not. Because we live in a drive-by culture. We we do live in a culture of 20-second snapshots. Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and text alerts, news alerts and 30 characters, you get what you need instantly, quickly, bam. And I don't think that's necessarily all bad because it's allowed us to be more effective in our culture, but just because it's becoming more effective in our culture doesn't mean it's becoming effective in our spiritual life. Because being with Jesus is not about driving by Jesus. We, have, we can have these spiritual drive-bys, but it's calling to sit with him to have FaceTime with him. Imagine, imagine you know, you're with your spouse and you're married, if you're married here, or maybe you have a really good friend, best friend, best bud, whatever, and, and you kind of see them and you, and you kind of say, hey, you know, maybe you have a roommate that you're really close with or whatever. You say, you know what, I'm going to talk to you in six days about that issue. Okay, I'll see you later. Imagine you say that to your spouse. You're like, you know, I know you got to talk about something. You know, can we talk about that in uh, four and a half days? Talk to you then. Just hold on for a second. I'll talk to you then. And you kind of just walk by and you don't actually sit down and have FaceTime with the one that you love. What will that relationship look like? It'll be incomplete. You know, one of the sobering realities is some who have followed Jesus for many years but have, for whatever reasons, maybe haven't been taught or maybe forgot or maybe just got discouraged on what it means to really sit and have FaceTime with him. You know, there's a saying that a man of God used to say, 
is that as a Christian, you can run around, meaning be very busy, you run around, and then you get run down, and then you end up running away. Because what can happen, and I don't know about you, but now that things are kind of opening up a little bit and life is kind of returning to a, quote, semblance of normalcy, the pace of life is picking up again. Have you noticed that? It's like everything's moving. You're, and, and, and so what can happen is we can run around so fast doing all sorts of things, being super busy, that, if we're not, that we can wear ourselves out spiritually. We get run down spiritually, and then all of a sudden you might wake up one day and have a crazy thought about running and leaving God leaving your family, or just leaving a commitment. And it's a natural progression if we get run down. This is why it's so important for us to sit with him. I want to encourage us all to stop the drive-bys and to pull over and have a sit-down with Jesus. And this looks a lot of different ways. I'll never forget my first time kind of learning a lot about this. And in my heart, I was a college student (laughs) And I, and I heard that, you know, my pastor at the time, he would get up super early and pray and read his Bible at like 5 a.m. I'm like, what happens at 5 a.m.? You know, and I remember I was in school, I had 8 o'clock class, and I knew I needed to get up, actually I had a 7 o'clock class I think that day, I had, and I knew if I didn't get up early, I wouldn't be able to have my time with Jesus. That's when I started drinking coffee, praise God, right? It was like Maxwell House back then, you know. There was no Starbucks. There was no, you know. So I remember getting up, getting the coffee and sitting and being like, man, it's so quiet. There's nothing here. And learning to sit with God. I have other friends of mine who they're not morning people. They love their night owls. So they'll put the kids down and then they'll say, you know what? Before we turn on the Netflix, before we, you know, do whatever, I'm just going to take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, take my Bible. And he actually goes, sits out on his porch, takes the word of God and just spends a little bit of time with Jesus. I've, got other, I've known other folks that the mornings don't work well and the evenings don't work well, but they get a lunch break, so they'll say, a lot of times I'll sneak away during my lunch break and I'll go to my car and I'll turn on some worship music and I'll open my Bible and I'll sit down purposely spending time with Jesus. Again, why do we need this? Brothers and sisters, we need this because we need God's help every single day. We need his grace, we need his strength every single day. Are you having a challenge overcoming sin? Everybody, no one can overcome sin on their own. The Bible says that by the Spirit, you can put to death the deeds of the flesh. When you spend time with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one who could put sin to death. Maybe you have a challenge with stress, anxiety, and depression. Listen, there are a lot of challenges with that, and I understand that, and I don't mean to be overly simplistic, but can I tell you, the Bible does say that the joy of the Lord can be your strength and your and my strength. Are you having a challenge with your purpose? You're trying to figure out what's going on. You're confused and you're, re- you're listening to every other voice when the master is saying, just sit down with me. I'm gonna share my purpose with you. Just take some time. I have a plan for you. You know, every single one of us here, if we are still breathing today, if we are here on the earth, it's because God has a purpose for your life and for my life. If we're still alive, There's some of you here, I've heard some of your stories, you shouldn't be here today, but by the grace and the mercy of God, we are here today, why? Because God's not done with our lives yet. And you're not gonna find the purposes of God on the internet, you're gonna find it in the time and the place with God. You're You're gonna find it by sitting with the master. And you know what's amazing is he knows your beginning from the end. The Bible says he's the alpha, the omega. He's outside of time. He understands your life and he wants to share it with you, but we have to give him time to sit down with him. You know, he's so patient. 
God will just sit there. He'll wait. He'll wait. And we'll kind of run around. He's like, will you just sit with me for a little bit and let me share with you what? You know one of the greatest challenges in our, in our relationships? It's being selfish. Anyone, anyone selfish here? I know I am. If you didn't raise your hand, you probably are. It's okay. Your spouse just jabbed you in the arm. like, raise your hand. Self is one of the biggest challenges, quite frankly. There is an enemy of our souls. His name's the devil, and he's got his demons, and they're a big problem often, but they're not the greatest problem. The greatest problem is our own self, often. But you know who we can learn from? The humble servant, the one who gave his life. We sit with him. We say, Jesus, I'm being selfish in my relationship. I'm being selfish in my personal life. I'm being selfish here. Lord, Jesus, I need your help. And can I tell you, one of the most amazing <laughs> miracles happens that when we, when we actually sit with him and we dedicate the time to be with him, something mysterious and amazing begins to happen. He begins to fill our hearts with supernatural strength. And the time is different. Some people can, some days it's a 20 minute. Other days the Lord might challenge you, spend a little bit more time with me. It all, it's, it's not a legalist thing. I grew up in, an, in a faith where it's like, well, if you don't do this certain thing as a Christian, you're not being a good Christian. That's not what this is about. That kind of performance, legalism, never changed the heart of a person. And this is part of the prayer. If you find yourself having a hard time sitting with him, the first thing, and we'll pray for this at the end of the meeting, is Jesus, would you stir my heart to want to be with you? And so that's part of this beautiful thing, called to, called to sit with him. The other thing, after you sit with Jesus, is we need to understand that we're called to listen to Jesus. It says this at the end of 39, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. So Mary not only sat with Jesus, but she listened to him. I think one of, a, a, a great challenge that's facing us in our culture, because of the, the smartphones, because of all the devices, there is a lot of noise, a ton of noise. There's, I, do, I remember the days as a teenager when I, we didn't have any internet. I remember when AOL came out. You guys remember AOL? Dial-up. You remember that? I remember before, even before that, we didn't have that. And I remember sitting down with my Bible in a journal. There was, and then I remember now today, now I, I actually read my Bible on my iPad and I have to turn off all the notifications on purpose because you're like in the minute, you're trying to hear and stuff pops up. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise. And actually a lot of the noise actually is internal. Have you ever found yourself trying to read the Bible and all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, you're like, I just read the same paragraph 17 times. <laughs> you're like, okay, just get it in my head. You're like, what's going on? I've found that when that happens, it's because there's noise and my thoughts are going over the place. This is one of the gifts of worship. The Bible does say to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. What worship does is worship enables, it kind of clears out all of the junk and the noise. It's a gift from God. So we now have, nowadays we've got Spotify, you've got YouTube, you've got, I know some of the saints here still are playing CDs, you know, whatever it might be. We can take the musical gifts that we have been given, and I, if I find myself stuck and I'm trying to hear God and I can't, I just begin to worship. I just turn some music on and begin to sing and worship. Now some of you are like, Pastor Matt, when I sing and hear my voice, I don't want to worship anymore, <laughs> Okay. 
It doesn't matter. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Just begin to worship. Just begin to sing. Just sit there in your, in your house or in your car and just lift your hands like we just did and just begin to sing. And as you begin to do that, it's one of God's gifts. You'll begin to see your spirit starts to get clear again. And then once your spirit gets clear, then you can go back to the word and sit and just begin to read. So it's, it's a couple of those things because we need to hear from Jesus we need to hear the words from Christ. And we are in the age today when God's primary way is he speaks through his word. He speaks through the Bible. So there's, there's something called the YouVersion Bible app. We have, you can follow the notes on it. You can listen to the Bible. You can read the Bible. There's a lot of different ways to access it. But if you, even if you take it in, one of the things that's important is we need to say, God, let me hear what you're speaking to me today. I still believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to his people every single day single day, but we have to hear the word from God. And you want to know why the disciples, Jesus had a bunch of guys, a bunch of people left Jesus. He said some very unpopular things. And because he said some unpopular things, scores of people left him. And just so we all remember, Jesus is not interested in a popularity contest. And a lot of people left him and he turned to his disciples and he said, Hey, are you guys going to leave me too? And they looked at him and they said, Lord, how could we leave you? You have the words of life. How could we walk away? Jesus has the words of life for us. The words of life for us. We need to listen to Jesus. That's part of our calling. It's part of our calling. You ever been in a situation? I know I have. Maybe it's with your, a family member. Maybe it's at work. And you're under a lot of pressure. Maybe you didn't really have a good time sitting with Jesus, maybe in the day or the last couple days, and somebody does something that really annoys you, and you start to say something, and it comes out, and you're like trying to grab it, you're like, no, don't say that. <laughs> and then before you know it, you've said something really maybe hurtful. Have we ever been there before? I know I have. And you're like, where did that come from? Well, it comes because we're fallen people, right? And that happens. Have you also been at the time when all of a sudden the pressure comes on, and something comes out of you that is so amazing, you're like, wow, that was awesome. By the way, I think any good thing that comes from our life, we should give all the credit to Jesus Christ for. Amen, all the credit to Jesus for. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this is what I'm saying about the words of God. If you have a challenge with your tongue, if you have a challenge with saying all the wrong things, part of it might be sitting with Jesus and saying, Jesus, I wanna give you my words. Would you begin to fill me with your words? I wanna hear your words so that they can flow out. A couple more and then we're gonna to pray together. They are called to sit with Jesus, called to listen to Jesus, and then they are also called to talk to Jesus. This is a beautiful part of being with him, is there comes a moment when we do need to learn how to talk to him. You know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, just a simple way of talking about prayer, is just talking to Jesus. This was a story here in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says this, then, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray. Can we say always pray? And not give up. And it's a story about the persistent widow. There was a widow who kept coming to Jesus and kept knocking and kept asking. It was a story of a widow who came to the ruler and kept knocking and, say, and saying, I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. There does come a point where we take our burdens to Jesus and we learn to talk to him about it. You know, one of the things we can pray for in a little bit is that God would give us the grace 
to talk to him first and others last. Talk to him first and others second. I think often we talk to a lot of people and then we could say, let me talk to God about that too. (laughs) Instead of the reverse. And God can give us the grace to go and to talk with him and say, God, here's the challenges that I'm facing. Here's the challenge that I'm facing. You know, the Bible says that anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And I just, I'm sharing the thing on anger because sometimes we could be very angry about something and we think that because it's the right topic that it's actually right. But anger does not produce the kind of fruit that God wants. So I'm saying, amen, praise the Lord. It's his kindness that leads others to repentance. I love driving by on 50 and the communications team very often will have something up on our billboard that says Jesus is kind. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. If you struggle with anger here today and your words are constantly angry, I want to pray in a moment and I want to encourage you that when the feeling of anger begins, to let that be a moment for you to stop talking to man and start talking to God. To say, you know what, I'm not going to talk to you right now. I'm going to go and I'm going to talk with God about this. If you read through the Psalms, you'll see King David, one of the godliest men that ever lived, he was called the man after God's own heart, having it out with God. I'm talking... God, why have you forsaken me? Why are my enemies prospering? God, my enemies, I can't stand them. He even talks about their children and there's crazy phrases in there about how angry he was that he was even asking God to punish their kids. You know you're angry when you start asking God to punish the children of your enemies, okay? He was so angry often. But I think the Psalms are a gift of God for us because David would go and talk to God about it. This is part of being with him. God's like, listen, you don't have to just come to me when you're happy. On the contrary, when you're frustrated, when you're upset, when you're angry, maybe you need to just go and take some time and just have it out with God. I've had moments in my life being so disappointed and so disillusioned, not understanding why knowing that if I said too many things to too many people, the wrong thing would come out. And I'm like, went away, and I got alone with God. I remember walking in a forest one time, walking in the woods, just walking back and forth saying, God, I don't understand. God, I don't get it. Why did you let this happen? Why did you let this happen? I don't understand. And I just pour my guts out to God. It's not pretty. It's not for anyone else to hear. But I just do that. And can I tell you, Once you do that with the Lord, you know he's there. And it's amazing how he just begins to connect with you. Why do I share that? I didn't share that in the first meeting. I share that because talking to Jesus is not just talking to him about the good things, but it's also talking about to him when you're just really upset and not understanding correctly. It's part of the call to him. And maybe you've been talking to Jesus about something for a while here today. Can I encourage you? Don't give up. Don't give up. We just prayed for miracles for many here. And we're believing, just like our brother was touched from cancer, that today's, that this is going to be a week of answered prayer. And by the way, amen, it's going to be a week of answered prayer. 
By the way, when God answers the prayer, please send the request in and let us know so we could share with the church. We won't share the details if you don't want to at all, but if there's something that you feel others should know, we want to celebrate that and because it continues to build our faith. However, some of us here are just beginning the, the, the journey of the miracle. You, you're going to remember this morning at the altar and you prayed, or maybe you were in the balcony, or maybe you were online and you said, yes, God, I need that miracle. You're sitting at your couch at home or driving in the car and you, God heard your prayer. He heard your prayer and you're at the beginning of that. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be weeks. Maybe it's going to be a couple months. Maybe it's going to be a couple of years, but here's what we know, that when you talk to God, it goes straight to the heart of your father and he loves you and he hears you and he will never forsake you. And if you don't understand, just talk it out and have it out with him. He's so good as we do that. And here's the last part. We're not only called to talk to Jesus. We're called to walk with Jesus. He appointed the 12 that they might be with him. Michael, why don't you come on up here again? I did this first service. Michael's the head of our security team. Can we give him a big hand? He's going to come on up here. So I want you to imagine, so Michael and I have a relationship, just got to know him a couple months back, but we're, we're, we're building a relationship, we're friends, and imagine that we're just walking throughout the campus, okay? So I want you to imagine that we both walk and it's like this. Maybe this is what we do all day. <laughs> You're like, hold on, that's kind of awkward. Yeah. Imagine I'm walking with him all day and I don't talk to him, even though we're walking together. That's not very natural. But instead, I might walk, say, Michael, how you doing? Good. You need volunteers for your ministry? How many? As many as we can get. Okay, great. So by the way, if you want to volunteer for security, you can let him know. So imagine we're walking and we're talking and I'm just like, how you doing? We talked the other day, you know, about one of the, his son plays football and some things going with the school. It's just very natural. Let's go this way. And when you walk with somebody, you're just conversing with them. It's just very natural, you know? There's, there's, it's, it's just a natural flow. Thank you, Michael. Let's give him a big hand. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. You know, Jesus died for us, not just so we can meet with him in this room, which is powerful and online, but that throughout our entire day, he wants to walk with us because he's with us. And Jesus loves when we bring the emergencies to him, but he also loves when we just connect with him about the day-to-day -day things. He shed his blood for us because he's, he, he's, the Bible says he's the friend that sits closer than a brother. He's our friend. He says we're the friends of God. And he's holy, he's God, but he's with us. And this is part of why he died. He called the disciples to be with him. When they were with him, they were walking through life together, day by day by day, connecting and chatting. Now, I know sometimes Christianity can get a little weird, and I'm not talking about talking to Jesus about what color socks you're supposed to wear tomorrow, okay? He's given us a free will. We can choose those things. But involving Jesus as you walk, you walk through the day, Lord, what a beautiful sunset. Thank you for that creation, Lord. Lord, I see that person across the grocery store and they look kind of sad. Lord, would you help them today? God, you know, as i chopping up food, maybe you're making dinner. I'm like, Lord, 
I need you to help me. I'm not sure what to do about this situation. There's prayers of supplication when we like call upon the Lord like we did. That's a form of prayer. But then there's just the walking with Jesus and being with him. Can I tell you, Jesus enjoys your company? Do you know that? Jesus likes being with you. He likes being around you. You say, how do you know? I know because he died for you. He loves being with us. And this is something that it takes grace from heaven for us to be able to say, Lord, would you, allow, would you give me a grace to be able to walk with you and to stay connected with you throughout the day? It's one of the greatest privileges of a Christian that the creator of the universe wants us to stay connected with him. Let's stand to our feet. I know this is something that I just need God's help with. And if you're here today, I know for me, I just, I was telling Pastor Jimmy in the back before between services, I said, you know, Jimmy, I just need fresh grace to stay connected with Jesus. And I work in a church because life can be so busy and so frenetic and things are so busy and moving and big decisions. But oh, Jesus wants to just be connected with us every minute of every day. And if you would say, you know what? I just need a fresh grace from heaven. I need a fresh strength from heaven to be with him. Just, I'm gonna do this myself. Just you stretch your hands out as a sign to him of, of receiving. I, I like physical expression because we're holistic beings and it allows us to just say, Jesus, we need this. Father, today, we're your children. We're gathered here in your house and online together in the spirit. And we thank you that you've called us to be with you, Lord. Yes, you're gonna be with us in the crisis, Lord. But you died so we could be friends. We can have fellowship. We could be connected, Lord. And so for all of my brothers and sisters, starting with the speaker, God, we all need a fresh touch of heaven. Lord, would there be a revival of personal devotional time with you, Lord? Would you just resurrect Bible reading and resurrect sitting with you, Lord? May mornings and evenings and afternoons, may, may, it be, may, may there be spiritual altars built all over this region, oh God, as we sit with you, God. Father, would you open our ears to be able to hear what you say to us, Father. God, in Jesus' name, would you eradicate all of the noise that can creep into our souls. May we hear the voice of God fresh and clear through your word, speaking to us in a new and a powerful way, God. Speaking to us about our marriages and our children and our businesses and our private challenges. God, we want to hear your voice, Lord. And God... Some of us have been serving you for months, others for years. Would you help us all to talk with you about the challenges we're facing and to walk with you through the day? One of the most precious things, to just stay connected with you. God, we need a grace to stay connected with you, Lord. We want to be connected with you moment by moment, Lord. We love you and we thank you for this, Jesus.